Oh my God, I'm chilling. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? I genuinely love your show. I just found you last month and I've already been 73 episodes. But for the love of God, will you please tell Rachel to shut up and let Rebecca tell her stories? Rachel's always interrupting, asking what year it is and going off on tangents about stories from high school. Other than, other than that, you guys rock. <laughs> I wonder if I'll get a mention because they always mention Reddit. Also, y'all should increase the two episodes a week so I can consume more of your content. Uh, content. I found the podcast after getting so sick of CJ antics and your podcast is way better. Are you sure? Or what a roller coaster of feedback. Do you hate us or love us? No, you love us, but you are on the cusp <laughs> of not being able to stand us. You are at your wit's end with us, especially your girl. <laughs> yeah, he just hates and, you. And or he or she hates you. We have not, we thought we were done with the wild, wild west of Reddit. If you listen to the first 10, 20 episodes, we do talk about Reddit a lot. But well, I we think had, that's a new listener. So yeah, we do talk about Reddit We had moved on and here y'all are pulling <laughs> us back in. No, I love that feedback. Thank you. Looking out for me. Looking out for number one. All right. Well, fine. But I don't know if I can stop, especially if something reminds me of a high school story. High school was hilarious. We did peak in our humor. I'm sorry. Mm. But we'll, right. try. we'll try. I'm going to meet my mic. Bye. Mm. Please don't. Oh, my God. It's so awkward when you're expecting a reaction and get crickets. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to okay. stare. I'll just move on to the next sentence, I guess. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, Rebecca's watching TV, I think. No, I'm not. I've been watching this Hallmark. She's looking to her right, which I know a TV is right there. Well, I've been watching this Hallmark Christmas movie as a palate cleanser. And unfortunately, there was a mix up at this quaint little inn. And oh, no. And the woman who is at a high stress job in the city is stuck spending Christmas with a young, attractive widower. And I don't know oh. how it's going to end. So oh, my gosh. I bet he's a curmudgeon at first, too. And she's annoyed by him. But then she finds her Christmas spirit. She does. And she has a boyfriend in this city, but he's kind of an asshole. But oh, his family's well connected. Dick. I'm just dying to know if she follows her head or her heart. <laughs> God damn it, I love Hallmark movies. <laughs> I think she's going to have a change of tude. That kind of I think she is. Too. I think. I read a, re a tweet that said, I'm going to reverse the Hallmark movie about a girl who lives in a small town, is bored AF, moves to the city, rocks her job. And I'm like, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a movie. There's, there you go. Patrons, Carly, Jody, Lisa, Tasha, Nicole, Nikki, Kelly, Allison, Ebony, Grain, I think is how you say your name. Let me know. Oh, cool. G-R-A-I-N-N-E. Grain. Oh, yeah. Alexis, Karen, and Jessica. Hey, y'all. Welcome and thank you. And a customs shout out from Jody, who wants to say happy birthday to her baby girl, Jordan, who turns 21 on the 27th. So this is a belated happy birthday. I want to say how proud I am. She's rocking with her small business, Gel Design Company. That's J-E-L Design, D-E-S-I-G-N-C-O. That's her handle on Instagram, um, she makes clay earrings and more. She does have fun earrings, including like holiday related that would be, that would rock for upcoming parties. I and think I saw this come through and I looked at her Halloween ones. Does she have like knives? 
I think uh, so. Oh, and I oh, bet no. it's initials. I bet it's J-E-L Design Company. That's what I said. J-E-L. But you said gel. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. Duh. Everyone needs to shop small business for the holidays. Y'all, it's yeah, hard. yeah. It's hard making a small business successful. We should know. We tanked one. <laughs> we should know. If anyone knows, it's us. Yeah. So y'all so, shop local, shop small business. Do, do it. it. All right. I can jump right in. But y'all are really, this is going to be kind of a different episode in that I kind of tell three stories. This is really going to portray my how my ADD plays out in my head. And not the way she's already described it to me, not three stories within one case. Like nope. she just had three really good sh- stories that were short. <laughs> yeah. So she, she's just going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Well, I really wanted to recap the Max DeVries, the 14-year-old boy missing in Aruba um, yeah. first. And I already had my other story picked out. Um, but this is a really quick recap. I know I've, I've posted this on TikTok and our Instagram. Uh, but if y'all don't follow us, let me do. jump right in. Also, do. Also, follow us. Max DeVries was a 14-year-old boy from Brighton, Michigan, who went missing in Aruba in May 2004. Again, I did a TikTok and Insta on this, but just to recap, y'all, because I'm shocked. I've never heard this before. Well, that exactly a year before Natalie. Right. Wow. I know. Okay, go on. Max's father died suddenly of a heart attack, so he, his mother, Yvonne, and his sister, Dominique, went to Aruba for a vacation to kind of get away. And while there, they were befriended by fellow Americans, a man named David Stacy and his adult son, who is like in his 30s at the time. They said they were in Aruba celebrating the son's adoption anniversary. And during the next few days, that father and son joined Max, his mom and sister, on beach outings during meals. Apparently, it was, they had a good time. David and his son even invited Max to go on jet skis and apparently had a lot, so much fun that the next day, David asked Max if he wanted to go again. And at first, Yvonne said no, since they went the day before. But obviously, Max, being 14, he's excited and he's begging. And she eventually caves and said yes. After they were gone for about for over an hour and no one could find them, they called the authorities and a massive search was launched. The man, David, was ultimately found, but there was no sign of Max. Yvonne straight up asked David where her son was, and he said the jet skis died, so they were floating for a while, and he heard a thump, then saw Max floating away, which is beyond bizarre. You're, why wouldn't you go after him? He's a 14-year-old kid. It's just, he, he that's heard, not an answer. Why, like where thump. is my son? Yeah, I don't, don't get the thump. Like a, like a thud into the water, or like a, if you're no, just floating on a jet ski, what hit him in the open water? Right. Like, what do you mean a thump? What I envision is like a wave, maybe they're floating in the water. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe just jump in. Maybe it's hot. I don't know. And a wave came and the jet ski knocked him or something. That's how I envision it. I have no idea because he did not go into details, which is the stupidest. Yeah. Then he said after the jet skis died, Max decided to try to swim to shore and he never saw him again. Again, why would you let a 14-year-old child swim to shore. This is the older man. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yvonne noticed that David had a bunch of scratches all over him. And during questioning, she asked Aruban police if they would, they could test under his fingernails or give him a polygraph. And they said, quote, this isn't America. We don't do things like that. What police work? No, (laughs) No, we know. We know. We're going to be banned from Aruba. I don't really care. (laughs) Don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
They did conduct a massive, massive search in the water and had no luck. So Yvonne and Dominique had to leave the island without Max. I cannot imagine. No. Oh God. No. Unlike that, but like Dominique has to go back to school. You kind of, you're stuck. What do you do? Like you want, I'm sure Yvonne wants to stay down. I just can't imagine. So they're Ooh. flying over this ocean, just looking down. Where is that? Oh my God. I can't. No. Unlike yeah. Natalie's case, though, the FBI does have jurisdiction because both the victim and suspects are American. So they questioned the son of that sketchy-ass dad, and he said his dad has never committed a crime in his life, and they don't know what happened. However, when the FBI looked into the dad's past, they found out that's not true at all. He was actually arrested and convicted years ago for sexually assaulting his adopted son, oh. who was a child at the time, obviously. The guy that was in Aruba with them. Yeah. Or with him. Yeah. They didn't take the son away? No. And like, I don't know what, what I, I've researched all over this. I can't find anything. I know. Okay. Second question. Did the adopted son go on the jet skis with him the second day? Okay. Now there is a weird thing with this where, and we might have to cut this because I really wasn't clear on this, but in the episode of um, where I found this, where this was brought to my attention, one of the FBI agents said that he'd been knocking on the son's door for hours the morning David and Max went missing, and there was no answer. And later that afternoon, they knocked again. He finally answered and was like, they're like, where the hell have you been? He said he was hungover, passed out or asleep or something. And they're like, that is very strange. We've been knocking on it for hours. So it's assumed he was actually out on the water with them that Max and David went on the jet skis and the son was out there waiting for him. Oh, yeah. They, and it's assumed they did something to Max. The son was there him. to help. The son was there to help. Yeah. And then went on their way. Speculation. Speculation. Now, clearly, this now adult son has been raised probably thinking that sexual assault is normal and it turned into some father, sick father and son team is oh. what we, what is, again, assumed, speculated, whatever. But Max has never been found. Nothing has ever come from this. And no arrests have been made. Shady, shady stuff. And that is so sad. Yvonne did, did everything she could to like get his name and the media and all that. And then a year later, Natalie goes missing. Of course, it blows up. Even her attorney says in an interview, they were shocked about how many people cared about Natalie, which they should. She, she even said they absolutely should. But why is no one caring about Max? No, I can't. Oh, the moment I heard that, I was like, do care about Max. I'm Googling it right now. So I, I was like, oh, I'm putting this on TikTok. I want to talk about it on the pod. This is insane. Yeah. Oh my god. That's gosh, it. Yes. Nothing has ever come from it. A 14 year, 14 year old boy. What? And where's, where's David? What's his name? David Stacy. David Shady. Who? Gotcha. Got him. And you're going to see, there's not much on them. There's nothing on them. That's why in the TikTok, that one little foggy picture I have or grainy picture I have, I'm like, this is all I could find of him and his son. It's crazy. Crazy. That is so sad. And everyone on TikTok's commenting, like, they definitely reoffended. I'm like, I know, but they haven't been charged with anything that I can tell. I think you can see his um, arrest see. record from, like, I think something petty. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Inexcusable. Inexcusable. It's crazy. Oh, a 14-year-old. That is so sad. So FBI is like, well, Reuben authorities, I think, could have done more, but now it's a little late. 
those first 24 hours are crucial. They get didn't get involved for a while, but I think Aruba's like, hey, it's y'all's jurisdiction, not ours type of thing. I don't know. Oh, my God. It's awful, nonetheless. Does Stacey have an E after the Y? I mean, before the Y? Yeah. And I gathered that from a blog. I found his name. His name was Yeah, where released. did you find that? It was brought to my attention on um, investigation discoveries at show called Still a Mystery. Oh, okay. Yeah. The IDs got it. They have endless shows. Crazy. Now for my main story. Okay. But that's sad. Wait, what was the adopted son's name? No idea. You don't know what the adopted son's name is? Nope. The guy knocking who might have been hung over? Mm-hmm. You didn't say it? No. And the TikTok, I think I accidentally called the son David at one point. Sorry, my bad. David Stacy's the dad. I don't know who his son is. Google what? It. It's crazy. Unless if y'all if someone else could Google it and see it, I'm gonna feel real stupid. But I was like, God bless, there's nothing on this. So y'all look it up. Y'all tell people. It's just awful. I it's can't insane. imagine. So now I'm telling you about Nadia and Peyton Medley, Mike Bollinger, and Cheryl Baker. Sources. Uh, this was, I found this on EWU Crime Storytime. In Pursuit with John Walsh, which I'd never heard of and still haven't seen that show, but I did read the transcript. Oh. And JacksonHoleNewsAndGuide.com. Jackson what? Jackson Jack Hole? Yeah, Jackson Hole, newsandguide.com. Right. Here we go. Todd Medley and his wife, Nadia, and it's spelled N-A-D-J-A, but every interview I've, or every place I've looked, it, they pronounce it Nadia. Okay. Lived in Ogden, Utah, and worked together at a pet store. Nadia in particular was obsessed with animals and loved being around them. In 2002, they had a baby girl named Peyton, and almost a decade later... In 2011, they had another baby, but sadly, he or she died shortly after birth. I don't know um, what the circumstances are. Sad. Then, three years later, in 2014, while still mourning the loss of their baby, Todd died of a heart attack suddenly. Gosh. Leaving Nadia and Peyton, who was only 11 at the time. Sad. Nadia had trouble making ends meet, so she became a massage therapist and also sold kombucha teas and her friends described her as earthy, so I think kind of like a hippie. Mm -hmm. In 2015, Mike Bollinger walked in for a massage appointment, and he and Nadia were instantly attracted to each other. He was striking and had a great personality, and the two immediately hit it off. He was a commercial pilot and flew all around the country for work, and he was originally from Montana, but after his divorce 10 years prior, he moved to Utah. Now, they were a very unlikely couple because Nadia was an outspoken atheist and Mike was a Mormon. Oh, wow. And according to their friends, he made her feel beautiful, happy, and, and loved, and spoiled both her and Peyton. Nadia's best friend, Michelle Halbrick, says you couldn't get on Facebook without seeing that they were at another rodeo or concert. They're just very social. Mm -hmm. However, they did have a little hiccup. They were dating for almost two years when Nadia was really struggling to pay the bills. She knew Mike made good money, so she asked if maybe he could help her with her mortgage. But Nadia was the first relationship Mike had since his divorce, so this kind of scared him. He was a little hesitant of what it would mean and how fast this was going, so he kind of sidestepped the conversation and like just kind of let it kind of just let it go to the wayside. They had been dating for two years. Yeah, I mean it's not moving that fast. That's what I said, especially with y'all's ages. Y'all are middle aged. Oh, how old? Um, he's sixty. She's 
Uh, 48. Okay. So I'm like, you know what you want by now. Like, two years is a long time. Well, and, like, she's not asking for money to go shopping and, like, right. you know, she can't pay her mortgage. That's very scary. Yeah, very stressful, I mean, especially with a daughter. Yeah, exactly. But do what you want, Mike. Yeah, so he kind of sidestepped it, and she asked two or three more times. So he fessed up to his concerns about doing that, and this kind of created a rift between the two of them. I'm assuming she was a little insulted, kind of what we just recapped, um, and they actually broke up over it because he clearly wasn't as committed as she was. However, absence makes the heart grow fonder of people, and Mike couldn't stand being apart from them. So they eventually got back together, and now he was fully committed to both Nadia and Peyton. Peyton even started calling him dad. So the three of them were very close. And in 2017, in an effort to show his commitment, he bought a ranch in Caldwell, Idaho, which is about 30 miles outside Boise, and told Nadia and Peyton he wanted to make their life permanent and asked them to move with them. They jumped at the opportunity because it was on three acres and it was the simple life Nadia always wanted, not to mention they had room for all their animals and they had a lot. They had dogs, snakes, lizards, goats, rabbits, cats, you name it. Again, Nadia was very active on Facebook, and you could see a video she posted of the land, and it's a really pretty open field. And if you want the more quiet life, this seems ideal. Yeah. And you can just tell how much fun the three of them had together, which is a little sad to look back on. I know, spoiler, but don't worry, there is a twist. (laughs) Okay. There were several videos of the three of them laughing, goofing off around the property, Peyton and Mike having a leg war, which isn't fair at all given the size difference, but whatever. Oh my gosh, we love a leg war. The property was kind of a fixer-upper, so Mike and Nadia jumped right into working on it. They put up fences, built pens, coops, rabbit runs. And on June 9, 2017, Nadia was supposed to make a trip back to Utah to pick up some horses that Mike purchased for the property, but she never showed up. They tried calling her and she never answered. A few days go by and their friends hadn't heard from Mike or Nadia. Mike's relatives tried calling and couldn't get a hold of, hold of him. So after about 10 days, they called the police to do a welfare check. When the deputy arrived on the location, he went inside the house and there were several dead animals, presumably died from starvation. Oh, God. How read, long has it been since anyone's talked to him? 10 days. Oh, my God. Gross. I read somewhere the snake was the only thing alive. Oh, my God, because you said there was a rabbit? Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that snake was eating good. Yeah, that's true, probably. You named a bunch of things that a snake would chomp on. Right. But there's no sign of Nadia, Peyton, or Mike. When walking around the property, they notice a foul smell call- coming from the shed in the backyard, and there are a swarm of flies surrounding it. And when they walked in, they oh saw three dead bodies and three dead dogs, all murdered, all killed by a single gunshot wound to the back of the head, execution style. Even the dogs were shot in the head. Oh, wait, all three people were too? Yeah. Oh, my God. All three shot in the head, execution style, and the dogs were shot in the head as well. Peyton? This was June, and so it was very hot. They're in an enclosed shed, therefore the decomposition was already well underway, and they were beyond recognition. They couldn't tell the sex or race of any of the victims but it was assumed to be Nadia, Peyton, and Mike. They sent their dental records to confirm, and to everyone's surprise, the victims came back as three females, confirmed to be 48-year-old Nadia Medley, her 14-year-old daughter, Peyton Medley, and a 56-year-old woman named Cheryl Baker. Oh, my God. Who is Mike's wife. (gasps) 
Oh, he did not get a divorce 10 years ago. No, he did not. Mike had been married for nearly a decade. And two of those years, he was dating Nadia and helping her raise her daughter. When news broke, Nadia's best friend, Michelle, actually called the news station and told them, like, fake news broke because Mike was not married. But he was. And he was nowhere in sight. So it was quickly assumed he's responsible for this. Yikes. And ready for surprise number two? Oh, my God. They still can't find him. He's no. still on the run. Today? Wait, when was this? 2017. Oh, my God. I'll we'll find get them. him. We'll get What's there. his name? Mike who? Hold on. Bollinger. Police do think he's dead by now, but people who knew him say there's no way. He, they believe he's still out there. So do I. We'll get it. We'll get oh, to it. Okay. First, Cheryl was a teacher who worked with deaf children. And according to her friends, her and Gerald were very happy. His name is Gerald Michael Bullinger. Typically goes by Gerald, but when he met Nadia, he went by Mike. I would But he kept his last name. (laughs) Right. Y'all, it is not what you're supposed to do if you have an alias. Insane. I would love to delve into his history about how this double life and alleged murderer and him was just stewing, but that's almost the scariest part. There was no foreshadowing of that this would ever happen. According to Cheryl's friends, Gerald was a very present hu- husband. There's no indication of him even cheating, let alone murdering. Now, I will say his first wife, Jackie, respectfully disagrees with this. Oh. She said she knew she made a mistake of marrying him the day they got back from their honeymoon. Ooh. He was violent and abusive, but because he was such an avid churchgoer and very good at putting, very good at putting up a front in the public, no one believed her. Oh, come on. She spoke out about it? Yeah. But lucky for her, she got out before it was too late. Yeah. So maybe it's only those very close to him that saw an awful side. And it's just acquaintances who are truly shocked on this. But based on Nadia's Facebook post, I would say she never saw an evil side to him. Unless she is also really good at putting up a front public. I mean, I guess you you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but her posts are very doting on Mike. There's even a video of Mike teaching Peyton how to shoot a gun. Some of these have been removed, but you can still look them up and it's eerie as shit. Her profile picture is currently her and Mike kissing. Her cover photo is her, Mike, and Peyton. Oh my God. The video she that shot is so of- so eerie. It's so eerie. The video she shot of the property is panning the open field. And she's talking about how this is her new backyard. She's loving it. Her and Mike are loving it. Then she points out the shed, the very shed, the very shed that her and her daughter Mm. are murdered in. How was he able to get away with this double life married to Cheryl? Great placement of a question. That's my next Um, paragraph. We don't place questions here. People are the worst. I know. It's just very timely. I know. Sometimes I will say first though, in one status, she even opens up about how she was, uh, she's a domestic violence victim from her late husband. And like how she, but she's found love now. And I mean, it's so fucking crazy. Wow. So Gerald, I'm going to, I'm just going to call him Mike since we know him by. Yeah. 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 Mike and his wife, Cheryl also lived in Ogden, Utah, only eight miles from Nadia and Peyton. So it was relatively easy for him to go back and forth between the two women and keep up his double life. But at the same time, also means it's that much easier for them to figure each other out. But that never happened. That never happened. And get this. He actually couldn't get financing for the ranch in Idaho. So he had Cheryl buy the house under her name and told her it was going to be their retirement home. Oh, and he was just spending a 
hell of a lot of time up there. But what's the plan here? You're moving your girlfriend and her daughter in and it's going to be you and your wife's retirement home? Oh my gosh, who knows? I mean, I, I would love to find him and ask what the plan was. I don't get it. So the day of the murder, Mike was supposedly doing work on the ranch and Cheryl had never seen the property before. She's bought it sight unseen, trusting her mm. husband, of course. Duh. So she went to surprise him and made the trek from Utah to Idaho. And no one knows exactly what happened when she got there, but it, obviously it's believed she probably showed up to see a woman and her daughter living there. Oh, my God. Mike's double life unraveled, and he snapped, shooting each of them in the back of the head. And I'm guessing the dogs got in the way, and that's why he killed them, too. Oh, my God. Oh, the dogs are all over these videos, too. So. Ooh, uh-uh. And a lot of people just, you know, internet sleuths, we all, we all like to comment our theories. A lot of people have a tough time believing he was able to overpower three women to get in a shed and kneel down and shoot them in the back of the head with it. But I don't think that's far-fetched. Well, and he has a one gun. Was They're a, weaponless. One was 14 years old. So oh. that she, he, she was never going to overpower an adult ass man. No. Um, I don't know. A guy with a gun saying y'all get in the shed. Get yeah. in the shed. I mean, I think that's a pretty easy. I don't know. There's a lot of back and forth on what everyone thinks happened. Some people say maybe Peyton and um, Nadia were asleep and Cheryl made this surprise visit in the middle of the night where, I don't know, maybe she called and said, I'm close, surprise, I'm coming. He shot them while they were asleep and then waited by the door, shot Cheryl when she walked in. That's a theory. You know, it's crazy. It's so insane to think of how someone's mind works where, an affair is worse than murder. Like, right. I, you're busted. It's not good. But, yeah. like, ultimately, everyone's going to move on. You're right. murdering three people, one of which is a kid. That's right. better. That's a better situation to be in. Like, you are insane. A kid who calls you dad. Oh, gross. It's disgusting. Where the hell is he? And a kid who calls you dad when she met you at 12 years old. Like, she very easily could just call you Mike. That's how close she was to you. It's not like you raised her from three years old. Her dad just died. And she still feels that close to you. Wow. You're providing this better life for them, whatever, that she's comfortable enough to call you dad. I just can't. Yeah. So now remember, the welfare check was called in over a week after trying to get a hold of them. And the medical examiner concluded that the women died on June 9th, 2017. Again, roughly 10 days before this. So Mike had a huge head start. They know he spent at least 24 hours after the murder in Idaho because he was seen getting breakfast in Nampa, which is the next town over from Caldwell. On June 10th, he made his way back to Utah, and in an effort to throw off authorities, he dumped his truck and picked up Cheryl's car at a dealership where it was being serviced. On June 11th, he's seen on video entering Bridger Teton National Forest in Jackson, Wyoming, and he has not been seen since. No, he's like, oh, my God, I am going to go down the biggest rabbit hole in this. You can. It's very interesting. Cheryl's car car was later discovered abandoned at a campsite, but there's been no evidence of Mike dead or alive. And several investigators with the Greater Idaho Fugitive Task Force and Teton County Sheriff's Office have done an extensive search using airplanes, drones, dogs, everything to scour the National Forest and found nothings. No, found, nothings. sorry. 
<laughs> and found nothing. He's living in plain sight. Listen, okay, so sightings. Apparently in the first month, police received 64 tips, but most notable, on June 20th, 2007, nine days after he entered the National Forest, workers from a recreation center reported seeing someone who looked exactly like him at a campsite about two hours away from where they found Cheryl's car. Authorities looked and found nothing. On June 28th, a tip was received from someone that said they saw him driving southbound on Interstate 15 towards Salt Lake City. An article from 2018, a year after the murder, said a family was on a hike and saw a man with no backpack, no water, no bear spray, no nothing. They said, quote, he looked disheveled and out of place, and as he walked by, he put his head down and didn't say a word. And how they described his look, the Fugitive Task Force thinks this very well could have been him, so they searched the area again, but to no avail. A few other tips came in and said they saw him in Pocatello, Idaho. Theories on where he is, he is a known survivalist. He was once a backwoods camping guide in the Yellowstone region, and people who knew him think he could have lasted a while in the forest, especially since it was summer. Not, I mean, winter, no, but yeah. it was summer. And eventually hitchhiked his way out of Wyoming. That's what people think who knew him. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think he could have somehow gotten a plane, remember he's a pilot, and could be long gone in another country. Others think He's just living under an alias where he's likely manipulating his next victim. I find Ooh. this to be most likely to. Yeah. Police think the elements of the forest would have killed him, whether it be no food and water or a grizzly bear, something like that. Maybe, but again, not a shred of evidence backing that. Some people think he probably ended his own life, but I think this is unlikely. If he was going to do that, he would have done it at the ranch after he shot Nadia, Cheryl, and Peyton. Jackie, his first wife, also said she does not think he would do this. And an anonymous friend of Bollinger, who knew him very well for 10 years, said he's a sociopath and a narcissist, and they don't typically end their life. That would mean Ooh. he felt guilt or fear, and he or she doesn't think that he's capable of those feelings. Wow. Again, this shows you how the people closest to him saw this evil side that literally no one else did. I mean, that is yeah. just scary as shit. Yeah. So it's important to pass this picture everywhere, but I warn you, he looks exactly like every friendly older man you've ever met. Okay, now I got to Google him. He, Gerald's his first name? Gerald Michael Bullinger. He would be 65 right now. And at the time he was last seen, he had gray hair. Uh, he has brown eyes. He's six foot one, 240 pounds. His weight has very likely changed though. Mm -hmm. He's considered armed and very dangerous. Anyone with information about Bollinger's whereabouts is supposed to call 911 or Teton County Sheriff's Dispatch at 307-733-2331. In 2021, cops got a tip from a Yellowstone Park employee that there was a man who fit his description driving with Missouri plates, and it looked like he had a woman and child with him. So cops pulled him over, guns drawn, and held them at gunpoint until the sheriff's deputy got there. It was a case of mistaken identity, though, and the couple later sued the Rangers, alleging false arrests and excessive force, claiming they had no reasons to point the guns at them. But the court ruled that because the Rangers reasonably suspected they were confronting a fugitive triple murderer accompanied by an unknown passenger, the use of guns drawn was permissible. Oh, good. So that's just the story. Just a misunderstanding. Just a misunderstanding. No need to, you know. That poor child is probably traumatized, whoever was in the car with them, but, you know. So that's the story of Mike Bollinger. I will blast this picture around. It is so shocking. But then... He, he does look like a sweet old man. He's 
great looking. Looks like a every middle-aged nice man you've ever met in your entire life. Yeah. Then this reminded me of another quick story, completely unrelated, but it's very quick. It's double-spaced, one page, so, okay. And it, this is just how my ADD mind works, people. I just, it went, pion, squirrel, too. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I don't know if people will get that reference, so feel free to Yes, they will. Oh, yes, okay. they will. Come on. Okay. In 1958, at age 16 years old, William Arnold murdered his parents in their Nebraska home because they wouldn't let him borrow their car to take his girlfriend to the drive-in movie. Oh, yeah. I remember this one. I was like, you're getting a little bit out of my my decades of interest, but oh, I know. I, this is insane. I remember no, no, this. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this one. For two weeks, he told everyone that the, his parents were vacationing until he was finally caught and confessed everything. The following year, he was sentenced to two life sentences in Nebraska State Penitentiary. In 1967, nearly a decade into his sentence, he and fellow inmate James Harding, who I think was also in prison for murder, escaped prison and they fled to Chicago. And I hope the first thing he did was see that fucking movie. <laughs> Whatever. What movie? The one he killed for. That's why he killed his parents. Uh, they wouldn't let him go to the movie. Oh, to the drive-in movie. Right. Yeah. Sorry. James Harding was caught within the year, but William Arnold never was. Fast forward to 2010, 40 years later, an Australian man named John Vincent Damon died at the age of 69. He had a wife, two kids, and three stepdaughters from a previous marriage. Three stepdaughters from a previous marriage. His yeah, wife's that is previous what it said. His, wife. his wife's previous marriage. Yeah, that's what the article said. But yeah, I guess it is his wife's previous marriage. That's fine. We can clarify that. Mm-hmm. Well, earlier this year, thanks to genealogy databases, it was discovered that John Vincent Damon was William Arnold, <laughs> living as an alias for over 40 years. So, in Australia. In Australia. So after the jailbreak, he almost immediately changed his name. He moved to Cincinnati, then Miami, then Los Angeles. He got married, got divorced, moved to New Zealand, I think in 1978, and finally to Australia, where he spent the next 30 plus years as a well-loved family man and a hardworking salesman. Never to murder again, right? Nope. Yeah. Never to murder again. Gosh. And I actually believe that. Wow. Meanwhile, in the States, the FBI worked on this case until the nineties when they passed it back to Nebraska department of corrections, who then sent it to us marshals. And there it sat collecting dust until 2020 when a determined us marshal wanted to finally solve it. He drove five hours to obtain William Arnold's brother's DNA and tested it against ancestry sites. Nothing came from this for over two years until sometime this year when he got an alert that there was a match from a man in Chicago who was looking for more information about his biological father. Investigators went to meet this unidentified man, and he said that all he knew about his father is that his name was John Damon and he grew up an orphan. And investigators are all, yeah, he was an orphan because he offed his parents. Yeah. They retested the DNA on file and it's confirmed John Damon never existed. He was, in fact, the fugitive from middle America. So that a successful prison break, I don't think I've ever heard of it. But at first, U.S. Marshals weren't convinced that he was actually dead. They're like, no way. He's faking his death until that. I think they must. Why would he at this point? He was a, he, away scot-free now. I don't know, unless he caught one that they, well, but they weren't investigating him. It kind of sat yeah. collecting dust since, since the 90s. Yeah. But they retested the DNA. I don't know if they exhumed the body or what, but they were given a death certificate, confirmed he's dead. 
police, the police chief said he's spoken to his entire family who knew nothing, by the way. And he said, quote, from everything I've noticed, it seems like he was a good provider and a great father. He raised some pretty great kids. And that's exactly how his children want him to be remembered. His headstone even still says John Vincent Damon. And oh, he wow. still is laying to rest in Australia. And while this is how they want to remember him, I'm still stuck on the whole <laughs> murdering your parents fugitive for 40 years thing. Yeah, I bet his parents would have something to say about that. But me too. I mean, how insane is that? that and is... He only had one brother, James Arnold. Oh. So he like grew up being like, I don't know where my brother is. Like, Sad. So now James lost was his put parents in. A, and yeah, lost his brother, put brother. in foster care. Who knows what? Oh. I don't have no idea what kind of life he had. Sad. I know. But that's the story. Whoa. How crazy is that? A successful jailbreak. I remember you doing a talk on that uh -huh. a long time ago. Oh, it's it shot crazy. To me. It's crazy. Wow. So there you have it, people. People on the run, success stories. <sighs> wow. No, I'm going to go in a rabbit hole on Bollinger. Isn't that crazy? Police have said publicly they are confident he's dead, but I'm like, I think you just kind of want to put this to case. This, yeah. I, mean, I think you want to just put this case to bed. Why do you think he's dead? There's no evidence of that. No evidence. That forest is huge. He could be... I feel like it would be a lot easier to find remnants of a dead body or a dead body than a man who does not want to be found. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just am curious why they're like, no, he's dead. I probably because like they just want to put it to bed, I'm sure. Not, I mean, again, yeah. speculation. Someone on Reddit was like, the police said that they found evidence that he's dead, but they have not said it, what it was. They won't bring it up. And if y'all think he's dead, then why in 2021 did y'all pull over that family guns drawn? It's weird. Yeah. And put everyone's minds at ease and tell us what the evidence is. Yeah. Then we'll believe you. That was one comment Reddit of everywhere, all the rabbit holes I fell down. I saw that and I was like, eh, I can't, I can't find that. But nope, Interesting. not one shred of evidence. I think he's alive. I think he's living as an alias. Maybe he got a plane. Maybe he's in sunny Mexico. <laughs> living the dream. Living the dream. Wow. Crazy, right? Hey, y'all, what'd y'all think of that format? I did <laughs> not know. She was like, we're, I'm going to mix it up for this one. And I was like, well, we'll get feedback. I'm yeah. sure of it. <laughs> right. I hope so. Because when I find, when I come across a shorter but shocking story, I'm like, well, I want to tell it, but I don't want our episodes to be 15 minutes. So I just got to throw in a few extra stories in there. I have a few that I'm like, maybe it will be a top tier bonus because those usually are shorter. But there's a few. Uh, yeah, I have a, a, a couple like that. I'm like, they're so short. Mm -hmm. But they're interesting so let us know let us know thank y'all so much y'all are the best people, people are the worst. worst bye bye bye